there was certainly a point in time where Daniel Keenan was able to operate as a seemingly legitimate businessman and people took that at face value um, outside of Ireland. For a while there was boxing articles going up and I would just mention Daniel Keenan as if like this guy was just an ordinary businessman. It was unsustainable. It's been a, a classic example of pushing it too far, I think. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Mob boss Daniel Kinahan has been keeping his head down in Dubai since a panorama documentary on BBC catapulted him and his links to boxing into the spotlight last February. But now a determined American lawyer has put his name in the headlines again, and this time in the Emirates, where he's desperate to sever all links to crime and to sportswash his reputation. So why has Kinahan and the MTK boxing company he founded been summoned to appear in a California courtroom? And what could the civil case accusing them of racketeering and money laundering mean? I'm talking to Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the head of the Irish Mafia and his troubles in paradise. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. There are certain developments when Daniel Kinahan and MTK are named in the Emirates' largest newspaper in a summons that has been issued against both of them uh, in a court in California. So what's going on there? And has Daniel Kinahan got anything to finally worry about? Well, I think he he does have uh, something to worry about. um, And I think he would be concerned. um, So basically what has happened is that... um, MTK are involved in a long-running legal dispute with a, a, a rival boxing company, um, Haradia Boxing, and as and in an attempt to summon Daniel Keenan to a California court to answer to answer in a civil case, they placed an ad in uh, one of the biggest selling newspapers in in Dubai. Um, of course, it's you know the the. The obligation on him to, to answer that is probably not immediate, but I think for uh, Daniel Keenan, it would be a blow to for that to be publicly displayed in a Dubai newspaper where he his efforts to sports wash, as people call it, sports wash or whitewash his reputation have been particularly uh, aggressive over there. And uh, I think it'll be a blow for him to, to see his name in a paper in that context. So we'll just go through a little bit about this summons and what it is, and then we'll just come on maybe to Daniel Kinahan and his life in the United Arab Emirates since 2017. Um, Harida Boxing Management used to have a boxer, a Mexican guy called Jojo Diaz on their books. Now, they are claiming that MTK lured Diaz from his contract with them by offering him 100000 dollar advance on his fourth, whatever his next forthcoming fight is. Um, MTK, they also claim, sent threatening letters to the boxing management company, seeking them to release him from his contract. 
And they have claimed in papers, 32-page filing to the Californian courts, that Daniel Kinahan controls MTK and that he launders dirty money through boxing. So pretty sensational claims, really. Ones that we have been making um, maybe a lot ourselves with, you know, with a huge amount of backup to that from stuff they have said themselves in MTK, from the links we've uncovered ourselves, back, dating back as far as 2012, when we realised that Daniel Kinahan had set up a boxing company in Spain, etc. But these are the first time that these have been publicly placed before a court in such a way, aren't they? They are. And um, MTK, of course, um, have have made a move to expand into the US market where the huge money is to be made. Um, they uh, very aggressively snapped up a lot of fighters, particularly in the UK and Ireland initially. Um, not not to say that that was there was anything illegitimate about it, but they were they spent huge amounts of money. They they seemed to corral every body they possibly could. Um, but uh, in in recent times, the American market has become their focus. Um, so they tried to stop up this guy, Jojo Diaz, a very talented boxer, but um, it was met uh, probably with a, you know, with a very American response uh, because, you know, in, 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 in Ireland and in the UK, things are very different. In Ireland or in the UK, as you know yourself, Nicola, if you ring up a lawyer, you can almost be assured the answer that's going to come back is no comment. God, good Lord, I couldn't say anything. But in America, it's different. We have the the, 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 the lawyer, Eric Montalvo, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, instead of pulling back, is pushing this forward in through the media, um, doing interviews, etc. Um, and basically what he's saying is he's using a piece of legislation, the RICO Act, which is is will be famous anybody who's watched The Sopranos or any of those shows. But basically it's an act to say that He's he's suing them under this act in a civil case to say that um they're they're using illegal funds done from drug trafficking to expand into the, the boxing market. Of course, MTK um their links to Daniel Keenan are a matter of public record in one sense. They've also said very definitively that um that he has no longer has any association or involvement in the day-to-day running of the MT, MTK, though they do accept that he advises his fighters so that's the case um it's an american case in the sense that it's you know it's it's out there all the documents are available you can download them and look at them and what they say and uh it it certainly poses a threat to 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 daniel ever if that was ever a possibility traveling to america or anything like that Mm. And as you say, in the United Arab Emirates, where despite the fact that we speak about him and he has because of his own actions over the years and his um, elevation to the very top of organised crime become a household name here in Ireland, he still portrays himself as a very legitimate businessman in the United Arab Emirates. And that, as far as we know, up to this point in time is exactly how uh, Emirati authorities see him. He is a resident there. He has papers. He has set up businesses there and he's been allowed to stay. I think he moved, I said there earlier, 2017. I think it was actually in the summer of 2016 that he moved out of Spain and over to uh, the Emirates for good. He 
married in the summer of 2017 in the Burj Al Arab Hotel, his uh, partner, Kiva Robinson. And he has lived there ever since. We don't have a huge amount of knowledge, exact knowledge on, on, on where he's living, but we do know that he lives like the billionaire he is. Yeah, I mean, I think um, there was there was certainly a, a, a point in time where um, Daniel Keenan was able to operate on one level as a seemingly legitimate businessman, and people took that at face value um, outside of Ireland. Um, I suppose in recent times that has become a bit more challenged with things like the BBC Panorama programme. I mean, I think ironically the the... The moment at which Daniel Keenan tried to fully sports wash his reputation was when Tyson Fury came out and thanked him for for arranging his his fight that of course didn't happen ultimately with, with Anthony Joshua. Um the the you know he came out and publicly thanked Daniel Keenan. I think there was a bit of a strategy going on there by the by Daniel Keenan to for that to be the final point at which he moved past his his criminal association. But in fact, I think it had the opposite effect. Um, it dragged a load of attention on his on his criminal past, his the fact that he had been before the courts in Spain, you know, it the fact that he had been named in a cab case, and uh, I mean, you talked about his wedding. I think at that point, um, he did uh, threaten to sue a website, Loving Dubai, for for even mentioning that. Um, you know, well-known gang figure Daniel Keenan was getting married in Dubai, and they they published an abject apology, saying they're unreservedly uh, apologize for associating with any criminal enterprise. But I think now that's that was in um, two thousand and eighteen. I think now in two thousand and twenty one, and I don't think Daniel Keenan will be able to do that. I think the the by pushing himself forward, he's actually drawn more attention to himself. For a while, there was boxing articles going up, and it would just mention Daniel Keenan as if, like, this guy was just an ordinary businessman. Now, even the boxing media who are reluctant to get involved in that will at least mention it and, uh, you know, refer to it. So it's been a, a classic example of pushing it too far, I think. In a way, that Panorama documentary was a turning point for him, while those of us here in Ireland and those of us who've been working on this story for so long maybe, you know, felt it was a very well put together programme. It may not have had any sensationally new stuff in it, but it was just that punch the BBC can can throw that a sort of a localised Irish media unfortunately can't. I think we tried damn hard to uh, get it out there exactly who he was and his connections to boxing. But really the the, the February panorama show just made a big difference. Now, following that, Kinahan was out fighting for himself and his reputation. He released statements to um, media in the UK um, about what he's doing, boxing, etc. And his, uh, his um, in particular, Billy Joe Saunders, who I note has gone to ground completely since he, since he lost his last fight. But he was coming out fighting for him. But they've gone very, very quiet again recently. I noticed Tyson Fury, you were saying that Anthony Joshua uh bout has been, it's certainly been parked. I'm not sure if it's ever, if it's been cancelled, but he is due to fight at the end of this month against Deontay Wilder. That's the third time he'll fight. Um, He had intended not to do that, but Wilder took an arbitration case against him uh, because they had agreed to do this three fight thing. I think, I think Fury has won too. So he's out again, but 
after that, he can go forward and have that big bout with Anthony Joshua, which has been seen as the big money spinner. That's the big, big one. That's the one that um, if there was, as um, Harida Boxing Management say, sports washing and, and money being laundered through these fights that MTK are involved in, you'd have to say that that would be the really big one. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, the, and certainly from a UK perspective to both UK boxers, it's going to be uh, the biggest heavyweight boxing match of the of the, the century. Um, so, I mean, Daniel Keenan's role, certainly his, his, his he, he, of course, he first released a statement to, to, to Ken Foy of the Irish Independent and then put out a series of statements, but has gone very quiet since. You know, I think there was definitely a policy of trying to move himself past that. And, you know, the, the you know, it's a funny thing, the, the strategy he took, which was, you know, to deny absolutely everything to have. And it seemed this uh, almost seemed coordinated, a series of fighters coming out and uh, praising him, not just as a, as a, as a great boxing manager, but as a wonderful person and all of this sort of gushing stuff it was very Trumpian for want of a better description. Um, you know, but I think it was, it was unsustainable. And, um, if you think that Daniel Keenan, for example, Billy Joe Saunders that you're talking about, he was arranging those fights in the background and really he could have continued to do that with Tyson Fury. But the fact was, his name was pushed forward and maybe that was the, he could have still been doing that, I think now, and there would have been, nobody really would have drawn attention to it, maybe except for in the Irish media. But the fact was, you know, the at the, the moment at which that massive, massive fight was, was, was confirmed, Daniel Keenan's name was put forward there publicly. And that has been his undoing, I think. Mm. And there's no question, but, um, um, Fury didn't do that without the the go ahead from Kinahan in the first place. I mean, there's there was absolutely no doubt in my mind from the very beginning that this was a a, a campaign orchestrated and you know dreamed up by Kinahan because I think he genuinely believes that he has a right to be out there in the what will be the history books of boxing. He has a right to be there as the absolute you know Diane that he is of that sport. Um, he's currently sort of treading water in all aspects of his life, isn't he? I mean, the boxing, he's hes sitting back again. Um, the Fury fight won't really be massive until he gets over this one with Deontay Wilder, although I do note that there's going to be tens of thousands of people watching it all over the world. And it, while it's you pay 20 quid here to BT Sports to look at it, $80 they're paying in the States. Yeah, I mean, it's still a huge fight. I mean, it's 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 still a, a massive fight. But if you look at the situation in Dubai, it must be starting to become an uncomfortable situation for, for Daniel Keenan. Um, who knows what's going on in the background? You hear things you don't know. But there's been such a series of high-profile extraditions from the country now. Um, you know, where absolutely nothing happened for a long period of time and people seem to, criminal figures seem to be upper to live there with impunity. That has really reversed um, over the last uh, 18 months or so. And that must be, um, he must be looking over his shoulder uh, 
worried about that moment at all times. Um, I think there was a part of it was to protect themselves was to become embedded in the society there. And there was a lot of MTK wasn't just a foreign company. They had a lot of people from Dubai natives and people from there having roles in it. But whether all of that will protect them in the long run, I, I would be doubtful. Yeah, it remains to be seen. And we have been covering the Marengo trial in particular in the Netherlands, which is central really to Daniel Kinahan. Um, his his sidekick, Ridwan Taji, is facing a lengthy sentence there. Um, you have El Rico, the Chilean, has already been uh, found guilty in the Netherlands. And the Italians are currently looking for... Um, Raphael Imperiale, who is believed to be also hiding out in Dubai. So in a way, Kinahan is one of the last men standing. So as I say, he's treading water, I suppose, both in his professional life and in his criminal life. And um, this summons being printed in such a public way in, in the biggest newspaper of that region must indeed be you know, something that is is very uncomfortable for him. Yes, and of course the the, the final outcome of it is that the um that the lawyer uh, Eric Montalvo he's gonna go and seek a summary judgment in the US. Um now these things are all a legal instrument that maybe we don't know how they work or how they don't work, but basically he'll go into court and say, I've I've sought I've issued a warrant to Daniel Keenahan. He hasn't appeared, therefore he knows it's been served on him. Therefore, um, he's not defending the case. Therefore, I'm entitled to get a summary judgment, which would be that, you know, for example, that, you know, I, my my client was damaged to the to the tune of a two million dollars and therefore I'm entitled to get it. So that that's the the ultimate outcome. Um, it's the same as if in Ireland, if you're served and and you don't appear and don't defend the case, somebody can get a, a summary judgment against you. Um of course, you know, a summary judgment in the US doesn't automatically lead to somebody being able to go over and, and seize his, you know, seize his car or whatever in, in Dubai. It's slightly more complicated than that. But there is no doubt that um if you you know that that America, you know, is a is the most powerful country in the world and a judgment over there carries a would carry a huge weight um in, in a country like Dubai, who are of course an American ally ultimately. And of course, MTK operate in America and have a, a, an American chairman. So it's it, is there a net closing in on Daniel Keenan? Well, we'll see. And in particular, I think the criminal side of Daniel Keenan, if he ever admitted there was one, might be happy on with those racketing, racketeering and money laundering charges. The business side of him wouldn't be clearly in the States. But, uh, you know, he may have to face more serious criminal charges than that ultimately, but I suppose, as you say, we'll wait and see. Um, Niall Donald, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.